What up, what up, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Intellectual Property Podcast. I am your host, Dallas Alexis. Got my guy, D. Will, in the building, as usual. Yo, what's good? And today we got a special guest. We got one of the top five sports pundits in New York City, a sports historian, sports aficionado. Could give the best of them a run for their money. Stephen A. got nothing on this guy. Skip Bayless got nothing on this guy. Right? Collis Brathwaite is in the building. What's up? What's up? What's up? Come on, give it up for my guy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yo, that's the first uh, standing ovation we have for any of our guests. Oh, that's what oh. we're talking about. Now I feel special. <laughs> Only right. <laughs> Collis, what's good, my brother? I'm good, brother. How's everything? What's going on? We good. We good. We good, man. You know, I'm, uh, you know we've... um. We've had a couple of, uh, a few very, very interesting uh, episodes, but this one by far is probably going to be my uh, favorite episode because we get to talk about something that I got a passion for, which is sports, right? Definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So I just want to jump right into it, man. Uh, you know, I kind of got into, uh, in the intro, we spoke about who Kyle is and, you know, some of your... Some of your monikers that you go by, <laughs> right? You know, so let's get into it, man. Let's talk about um sports, man. And um, when did you uh, when did you uh get a passion for sports, and at what age, and 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 at what moment? Because I remember like when I kind of fell in love with sports. So let's let's talk about that moment for you, and then and then we'll go through the timeline of. What makes you one of the top five uh, sports pundits in the city right now? Okay, not a problem, not a problem. Well, you know what? I fell in love with sports because that's what my brothers played, you know? My brothers always played sports, basketball, football, you know? So it was only right. I was a little brother, so I tried to follow their footsteps, you know, and try to get better than them in playing whatever sport it was. So, you know, I used to love playing basketball, still love playing basketball, Football, always had a love for football, love for boxing, you know. Favorite fighter growing up in the 90s, Roy Jones, but my favorite fighter watching of all times was probably Sugar Ray Leonard. Okay. Favorite basketball player, whew, I got a lot, you know. Kenny Anderson, you know. I wouldn't say I loved Michael Jordan because, you know, I'm a Knicks fan, mm-hmm. but I definitely respected his game, you know, okay. and respected that he never cheated any of the fans. Okay. You know, football, you know, I'm a Hurricane fan, so. That's <laughs> anybody where, from the U. Anybody from the U. Gotcha. That's where it starts and that's where it ends, <laughs> period. Go respect that. I go respect that. You know. Cool. Let's, um, where are you from, Collins? Born and raised? A Flatbush, Brooklyn. But okay. my parents are Guyanese, okay. Bayesian, so. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that means you're uh, West Indian Caribbean. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? So that means growing up, like, your household was, like, your parents, they was, they, like, as far as American sports, that wasn't really a big thing in there? Oh, yeah, definitely wasn't. You know, my father probably wanted me to play cricket. You know? <laughs> I didn't know what a <laughs> wicket was, so <laughs> there's no way I was. Word, right? <laughs> yeah. Wicked. Or soccer. <laughs> or soccer. soccer yeah. No, gotcha. football. Don't say soccer. They take football, that. Football, you're right. Very offensive. Football. I should know that. I'm, I mean, I'm Haitian, so you know, so we say football. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm right there with you. <laughs> Definitely. Um, what high school you went to? I went to Lafayette High School. You went to Laf. Yes, sir. Oh, I went to Laf. Played? You think? No, I never did. You know, I was one of those players that guys on the team would be like, you know what? That kid's good. We need him on the team. But you know. When I was in high school, I was young, immature, you know, okay. was trying to make the scene, you know, was into chicks, Jordans, like every other kid, you know, wasn't really focused on basketball okay. or school the way I should have been, so. But you would go to the games, though. Oh, only to see certain certain players. I never went to see, like, players that was really around my age. I would go and see, like, guys who were older. Like, I remember seeing – Charles Jones playing a tournament and I was so like wow this guy's yeah. amazing like he's like Jordan yeah you know I always like to see the guys older than me play okay. and as I got older I wanted to see guys around my age or guys younger than me you know okay. so you went to live so I'm sure when you guys played Lincoln crazy oh Grady, crazy I went to a Lincoln game and I got to see Sebastian Telford when he was a freshman and I was like this kid's the truth 
Uh-huh. And I also saw Quincy <laughs> Doobie. Yikes. Quincy Doobie's good. He went to yeah, Grady. He went to Grady. Yeah, 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 yeah. And first time I seen him, and he dunked the ball, I said, this kid might make yeah. it to the league. Long, lanky kid, right? Yeah, long, lanky kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Haitian, too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. kid nice. used to put up numbers. I mean, yeah. he's the first guy that came from Grady, and he didn't even have, like, a name freshman, sophomore year. Guys in Grady knew him, but, like, I'm talking about mm-hmm. everyone in Brooklyn didn't know him until, like, his senior year, he just erupted. Yeah, I remember that. Was Nolan Richardson there at the time? No, I don't think so. That was before or after him? Uh, I believe it was before. Okay. I'm not too sure about that. Don't call me on that now. Cool. So what do you feel about the um, the one and done? The one and done rule. Um, and you hear, you might hear some people say who um, who are a uh, proponent of it is like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, um, stop a a young kid from eating or from going to get some money like if a kid you know the rules are in place the kid could go one and done like let him go to league let him get his money well and then we'll double back and we'll talk about the whole ncaa thing as well i I definitely want to get your opinion on that as well okay well you know i feel that the nba is a business okay and if this business has this rule you gotta be you gotta go through college for one year Mm -hmm. you just gotta do it Goldman Sachs, they have a criteria for you to work for Goldman Sachs. Got to have a college degree, you know, mm-hmm. in order to work here. A certain type of degree as well. A certain type of degree. Mm-hmm. So if the NBA wants that, you know, you just got to abide by those rules. And mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of the one and done. Why not? I would prefer a kid actually have two years. I think it helps out the NBA game, helps out the college game. Okay. I feel like with two years, NBA exec could look at a kid and be like, well, you know what? This kid's good, but he need, let's see one more year. See okay. if he's the goods. Okay. You know? And it helps out college basketball because now it's like not everyone's going to be able to go to North Carolina or Duke because they're going to have so they're, scho- they're going to be uh, just maxed out with scholarships. So now these kids are going to go to UConn, some kids are going to go to... To smaller schools. Yeah, to smaller schools. And mm-hmm. when you look at basketball, college basketball in the 90s, that's how it was. Of course, you always had the Blue Bloods, but you had other programs. You had UConn, you had Syracuse, you had... Big, a lot of the Big East schools Georgetown, were good. Georgetown, yeah, you know? schools were good, yeah. A lot of schools were good, and a lot of schools had talent across the board. Mm-hmm. Now it's just Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Michigan State. Michigan State. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know. Let me ask a question. Why don't um, Why don't you think? Um, I had this conversation with a, a friend of mine the other day as well. Um, why don't you think a lot of uh, top top flight players? Why don't they go to um, HBCUs? Uh, you know what? Why, why don't you see that? What do you think? I look at it like this. Uh, they're not blue bloods. They're not on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Kentucky. Kentucky's having all season right now. And off they play year. almost every night. And they play every night on ESPN. Oklahoma too, man. Mm-hmm. I see Trey Young play at least three times a week. Duke Easy. is always on TV. Yeah. Kansas always on TV. Yeah. Michigan State always on TV. So mm-hmm. Notre Dame too for some reason. Yeah. Well, I don't know, yeah. but for the most part, a lot of kids go to these schools because they're on TV. You know, mother could see them, father could see them, girlfriend could see them, everyone could see them. Yeah. Like, think about it. Right? Like, let's say you're a um, McDonald's All American. And in your mind, you already know you're going one and done. You already know it. Like, you know, I'm going to go to whatever school, play for. And I think when you play a a, a college basketball season, that's only like well, maybe six or seven months, right? Yeah, Between there. Uh, uh, preseason games, uh, conference tournament and tournament, that's only a handful of months because I think it starts in October, November. Yeah. And, not, and then you're done in March, right? Yeah. I mean, so that's not even mm-hmm. a few No, months. like April. You know, you got April. the March Madness. Yeah. You know? So, um. That's only a few months of playing ball. So, you know, I'm going to go to school for a few months, play ball, then I'm out. Wouldn't that change the game if, like, a a, a high school American kid says, you know what? Hmm, I'm going to go to Howard, Joe. I'm going to go turn up at Howard. I'm going to change the game. I'm going to go to Howard. Or I'm going to go to Morgan. Because hmm. think about it. The kid has nothing to lose, right? I mean, he's still going to – I mean, if he's really that kid, he's uh, McDonald's All-American, he's really that guy heavily recruited about – the, the top 20 schools in the country, but he decides to do something different and change the game and say, I want to go to HBCU because my mom went there. I think that would be a tough decision because now it's like, okay, he'll, he'll go to Howard. 
probably averaged 30 points a game. Mm-hmm. First thing scouts are going to say, yeah, he averaged 30 points a game, but who do you do it against, you know? <laughs> Did he that's do it against? critical, though, because what, what about the kids that were leaving straight out of high school? I mean, they weren't playing against anybody. Well, and the th- scouts in the league didn't hold that against them. Well, think about it. They played in these big glorified AAU games versus other stars, so they got mm-hmm. to at least ha- see them going up against other star high school players that probably were big time in, in college for yeah. one year. So you got that to look at. But you go to Howard, it's like, okay, go to Howard. Okay. <laughs> so to my point, that means when you buck the system, you get paid for it. Uh, you pay for it, I mean, like you get penalized for it. Well, you right? know. Like when you buck the system, you get penalized for it pretty much. I don't think you could, could, could like, argue with the system because the system's been in play for how long you know mm-hmm. so it is what it is what you got to do is try to actually pimp out the system mm-hmm. you know like if i'm a kid and i know i'm going to school for one year mm-hmm. calipari comes to my door and calipari's like listen kid we're gonna bubble this is what we're gonna do you okay. know i want you to come to my school you know we're gonna showcase your talent and i put guys in the league why not? I'm going straight there, you know. So, so, but why? Why is it different in football? Because I mean, you got a bunch of small, 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 uh, small D1 schools. You got a lot of D2 schools, and you got a lot of guys that have rose um, to um, NFL fame, prominence, Hall of Fame players that went to uh, um, HBCUs. Yeah, but you know it's different. You go through HBCU, it's just tougher to get to the league. There's some guys that's playing. On Alabama, that it's not good, but they're just on a good team. They're in the system. They're in a system, so they're in the pipeline. So they <laughs> will make it to the NFL. Okay, you know, and they will get that first round money. Mm-hmm. There's difference first round money and fifth round, seventh round money. You know, absolutely. I mean, like those guys are like uh, fighting for their lives in training camp. Absolutely, they are. They are, and a okay. lot of kids don't even want to go through that. That's why a lot of kids take the easy way out and go to Alabama not the easy way out but they go to Alabama because it's a sure shot deal like I go to Alabama we're gonna be on TV I probably might get paid for it mm-hmm. under and, the table and then I'm gonna go to the league gotcha you ever read the book uh 40 million dollar slave no I can't say I did. you read it right D yeah right 40 million dollar slave mm-hmm. um there was an interesting uh chapter in that in that book um where um, they talk about how in the 50s and 60s, uh, all the top recruits in football went to HBCUs and how uh, Gramlin versus Morgan, Gramlin versus Southern, Howard versus whoever used to be at Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. I remember well, I remember it being at Giant Stadium, not Yankee Stadium, but yeah, it was a, it was in Yankee Stadium before it moved to the Middle East. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I was like, wow, that's pretty interesting. It's like... Uh, and it, I think it changed, like, in the 60s coming into the 70s when um, desegregation happened, right? Like, where you were allowed, like, they allowed uh, black players to go to the white schools. But, like, all of the top NFL players came out of the black schools. And then through through business, white schools were losing out on business. Mm-hmm. That's exactly they weren't, you know, like, they weren't packing in the stands. They weren't really, I like, wow, that's interesting. But then... You know, we fast forward now. It's like the reverse. Like if you go to a black school, like you're looked at as um, not being as good as a kid that went to a, a Kentucky or mm-hmm. or a Duke, and that, that's kind of weird to me. But I think, and like the funny thing is, these players are coming from black communities, black neighborhoods, but they get penalized if they go to a black school. How crazy is that, B? I think it's nuts, but you know that's the way how the system is set up. You know, it's set up so. Certain schools profit, make profit, all the money, get a lot of money. Yeah. Look at dope. Yeah. I mean, think about it like this too. Like, I mean, it's all one big business, right? Mm-hmm. Even though you're segmented in, in, in sports or a particular sport, if you look at every sport, they have sponsors, right? So when you look at those big name corporate sponsors, those mm-hmm. are, those are primarily white companies, right? In the long, in the short, in the short run, in the long run, it benefits. Uh, I don't want to say the white agenda, but it's going to be a certain demographic that it, that 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 it benefits, right? Mm-hmm. So that demographic is not going to take their wealth and pour it in, into the betterment of a of, of a different demographic. They rather just take the best, get the best uh 
the best label that they can, right? Which nine out of ten times is always us, especially when we talk about sports, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and not just I don't want to ster- you know say it in a stero- stereotypical manner where we're only good for sports, but I mean, with the exception of maybe McDonald's, Coca Cola, whatever, mm-hmm. you rarely see major corporate sponsors going crazy to try to like uh, boost a program, boost a sports program in the HBCU. Why? Because it it overall it benefits more than just the players. You you build a community like that. Absolutely. So they're trying to maintain their community, right? Not really and extract from ours and bring it bring bring us into theirs and continue to, you know, uh, maintain their standard, help secure and, and solidify their standard. So you're not gonna find major corporations going crazy to try to put money into a, a Howard or Morgan or whatever like that. They'd rather mm-hmm. just let it just rot and crumble and just take a few gems out of there and say, Hey, oh well you know what, he's a, he's an exception. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They'll do that. Because it's all one big circle. It's all one big family. They all sit down at the same table. Absolutely. Right? Whether it's sports, whether, whether, whatever, whatever the uh, respective industry is that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So they're sitting down and thinking about it from, 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 from that perspective. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because when you, even when you think about like, uh, the professional teams, a lot of these owners, and I don't want to get too far off the subject. I don't want to, you know, we're trying to keep it streamlined. But um, mm-hmm. a lot of these teams, a lot of owners, this is play for them. This is play money for them. This is it their is. hobby. They come from different sectors. They yeah. come from the, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, the oil industry, the mining industry, the technology field. So then they get to the point where it's just real like, estate, wow, real estate, like whatever, real estate, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So by the time they get to um, be a be a part owner, 50% over, whatever, um, you know, it's play money for them. It's, it, this is fun for them. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just an investment. So there's, re- and they, re- of course, they're gonna invest in the same thing. They're gonna just like I would invest in college. I would invest in you. That's the same m- mindset that they have. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna if I get bread, I'm not going crazy to put money into Harvard or Wharton or Brown. No, I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. And I'm not a graduate of any of these HBCUs, but I rather you went to Morgan. I rather sit sit down and have a conversation with you. Yo, how do you think? Ba 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 ba. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's it's the same mentality. But go ahead with your main question, though. I don't mean to no, no, veer no. off. No, no, no. I mean, you're um. No, that was part of part of the question. Oh, not even a question. Part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. So definitely, think about how much money Kentucky makes. Yeah, I mean gazillions, gazillions of dollars <laughs> off these players. Yeah, that's not being paid for anything. But you know what it is too with that. Um, and then we'll have like a more uh, uh, uh like a more um. And that conversation about that. I was thinking about this the other day, right? When you talk about playing, uh, paying players, everybody's in on it. Because at the end of the day, you know, when, you, um, when you're when doing a, a, a billion-dollar deal with CBS, ESPN, Fox, or some of these other networks, right? You're part of the deal. Like, the networks are part of the deal. Nike's in on it. Because, mm-hmm. like, they could sit down at a table with a school and be like, yo, look, um, as part of this deal, I think you should pay these kids, this, that, and that, and that. Oh, we don't want to do business with you guys. Right? I mean, it's... Uh, they could. Right? Because the corporations and the networks could hold the college's feet to the fire. Be like, yo, we're not doing business with you guys unless you guys play fair with these kids. Yeah. And then the college would have to... Then that's one way the system could get mm-hmm. reworked. I just think it's disgusting when you think of it because I remember a story way back when Ed O'Bannon... Mm-hmm. UCLA forward was sitting at home one day and he saw his kid playing a college basketball game. He was in it, right? And he was in it. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't getting paid at all for it. Like, how's yeah. that even possible? Oh, a video game. A yeah. video game. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it was like 15 years later. Yeah. How's he not getting paid for yeah, it? Because he's selling cars somewhere. He's selling cars somewhere. <laughs> and he's actually in a video game. And yeah. it's just the way how they pimp these kids out yeah. i don't like it that's how the system is but i think they should change the rules somewhat you let know? me ask you a question like if if um i mean because once you start to play uh once you start to pay college college uh football players college basketball players you open up a whole new can of worms right because the guys on the swimming team gonna want to get paid the water polo dude's gonna want to get paid the baseball dude's gonna want to get paid something because at the end of the day you probably got some blue chippers on Alabama's baseball team. Okay. Some of those guys are going to the league. So a guy would be like, yo, all right, yeah, Trey Young is balling, but yo, I'm I'm going to the league too. I want I want a bag too. What's up? So like how do you I mean, it's more complex, right? On how do you pay these players. But like what do you think would be a a, a fair way or like a, a a cool way to do that? I would think give them an allowance, you know, 
Well, like a stipend, like a food stipend? <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Give them 20 quite, bucks to go to Chick-fil-A? N- not quite, but, you know, give them something. Okay. These kids got to be paid something. If you want them to go and play for your program, mm-hmm. they got to get something on the back end. You got can't you. just have them playing basketball. For you. Yeah, you, you give them a free scholarship. That's all well and good. That's yeah. great. Yeah. But you make billions off these kids absolutely kentucky makes billions duke billions kansas mm-hmm. billions michigan state billions small schools make small schools make, make, make money like, so gonzaga, gonzaga makes a killing yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> utah makes villanova makes a killer oh. butler makes a killer and especially like if you're in the tournament you make it to a sweet 16 oh. or elite eight or final four forget yeah, about gets, it yeah like the bag increases <laughs> every every round like the bag increases so well, you, you know what I think, though, to answer your question, um, I mean, I think you just look at it in a real capitalistic way. Right. Mm-hmm. So if if you go to if, I, if I'm going to Alabama, right, mm-hmm. your assumption is that I'm probably a top flight DB wide receiver quarterback or something like mm-hmm. that. Right. Mm-hmm. So as, as a parent as, and as, as the, 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 the uh, prospective student, you've got to evaluate your schools and what their strengths are. Mm-hmm. So if I play water polo. I shouldn't go to Alabama expecting to get paid the same thing that a DN playing for Saban might get paid. So you gotta mm-hmm. do, you gotta do your due diligence. Absolutely. So you gotta understand what the, what the industry is that you're getting into, mm-hmm. which where, you, where your talent lies, and then you have to evaluate your schools on that basis. So I mean, if you got a school that's that's either a traditional football school and you're playing a non-traditional sport, or you expect to come out and graduate, and you know you're nice in tennis, and you don't necessarily translate to the U.S. Open right away, whatever the, whatever the case may be. Um, I don't think you have that much of a grievance when you chose to go to North Carolina when you know North Carolina is about playing basketball. Yeah. When you think when you went to Miami and Miami is about football and baseball. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you got to be honest with yourself as, as regarding what your talent is and what the respective uh, field you're trying to get into, how that pays, how that translates um, in this incubation period called yeah. college. Yeah. I totally agree with you on that. I think when you get into paying players, I think what's what it's going to do is it's going to force a lot of these schools to become transparent with how much money they're actually bringing in, right? Okay. And I think I think one way they could pay the players is I think you you can pay them based on how much money or how much money that program brings in. Like, how much money does the swim team bring in? How much, like, the swim, the swimming uh, uh, meets? Yeah. Are they on Fox Sports or are they on uh, ESPN? Uh, not really. Track and field, slowly. So I, I think your program, I think you should get paid based on how much revenue your program brings in. The football team, gazillions of dollars. And I think that's one way to start. How much money the program brings in and where you will rank coming in out of high school. Like if you were a McDonald's All-American, mm-hmm. you should probably get paid. There's a scale for McDonald's All-American. Right, right, you know, kind of like the rookie scale. Yeah. Kind of like the um, veterans minimum. Kind of like um, after uh, like uh, seven years in the league, you're eligible to make. Um, come on, Carlos. How much you're supposed the, to be? A max deal. Max, oh, okay. The veterans max. The veterans max. Okay. I think. And we're just kind of throwing out, just like not theories. We're just throwing out ideas. I think students should get paid based on. A scale, McDonald's All American. Those guys, because it's what thirty of those guys. Yeah, those guys get paid the most. If we're doing it that way, and then and then you kind of work it out somewhere. What about like in the middle? A Jordan Classic kid, a Jordan kid. But those kids are usually the same kids. The (laughs) unarmored kids. the unarmored kids, the Jordan kids, and the McDonald's kids are some somewhat the same kids, and they might be interchangeable here and there. Okay. Well, get, okay. Get, 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 Kyle, okay. Get. Well, that makes sense. But now it's like, go back to the point of how AU is being watered down. Mm-hmm. The best kids, for the most part, are McDonald's American They're kids. not? They're not now. They're, case in point, I remember they had a kid who made a McDonald's American game. I can't, I can't remember his name, but... They had a god that was better than him. And it's like, okay, this kid made it to the McDonald's American game because he played in all these AAU tournaments. Mm-hmm. But here was a kid who, 
I actually said, you know what? I'm not going to play in that tournament. I'm not going to play in this tournament. I'm going to play in this tournament. And, he's get, and he gets penalized for it. And it depends on, like, if your school is Nike, if your school is Adidas. You know, it's a lot of politics that goes into that. So, I'm sure. you know, it's going to be tough for to the NCAA kids, right? yeah. to pay these kids or find a way to pay these kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad I'm not on the board, but... Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough because now they're going to have kids coming out and saying, well, yeah, okay, he's a Mickey D's kid. Yeah, he is, but he averaged f- five points. I averaged 20. Mm-hmm. How's he getting paid more than me? Yeah, because a lot of those kids don't pan out. Like, they go to college and they just become, they bust. Yeah, college. Like, a lot of them don't. A lot you of know? them don't go to the league. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think yeah, it is going to be a complex uh, situation on how to pay these kids. It's, it's not going to be an easy thing, but I think, there's different variables I could go into. I think one is McDonald's All-American kids, Jordan Classic kids. Like, high school American kids, the elite kids will probably get first dibs on the money, the big money, and then you kind of work it out from there. Yeah. But it's not even that easy. I'm, I'm, I'm just yeah, throwing something out there. Yeah, it's not. You're just throwing something out there. Yeah. something out there. Yeah, well. Or how much money does that school, that school program bring in? Well, now, if that's the case, now you're going to have one school getting all the talent because they got all the money because they got all the money like duke has so much money kentucky has so much money yeah so now a kid's gonna go to duke every good kid is gonna go to duke now mm-hmm. what's gonna happen with schools like syracuse schools like georgetown and what happens schools to like louisville hofstra. hofstra yeah what happens to manhattan yeah what happened with those schools what happens to St. Francis? What happens to LIU? Yeah, LIU. LIU. Yeah, those those schools, man. I mean, so, those schools have a hard time recruiting top talent. As is, anyway. you know. Yeah. So, I think that's another thing that happened to New York, uh, to New York City basketball. I think a lot of the um, high school kids, and I looked at this. Um, I looked at the kid Dakari Johnson, right? That name sounds familiar. Yeah, I think he went to a Brooklyn kid, um, and like, there's a trend, right? A lot of New York City kids, like when they're identified as those kids, they get pulled out the city, and then they'll send these kids to school in Florida, Connecticut. Oh yeah, you're right. They'll send these kids out the city. I think that's happening a lot too. Yeah, um, I remember a kid that's on this same Arizona team. He went to Christ the King, if I'm not mistaken, and he was supposed. Everyone thought he was going to go to a school somewhere in the city. Went straight to Arizona. <sighs> It's tough for these kids because, you know, school like Arizona is giving him probably a bunch of money, and he's got a better chance to make it to the league, going to Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, Michigan State, you know. Mm-hmm. So kids aren't trying to stay home. That's why I would like the rule to be a two-year rule. See, a two-year rule now, a school like Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina, etc., mm-hmm. you max out your scholarships. So there's so much top flight players you could have on your team. It's mm-hmm. not like you like how Kentucky's doing it right now or Duke now. Mm-hmm. Bring in a one and done, he's out. Get the best, the next best six, seven guys up, you know? Mm-hmm. They wouldn't be able to do that. Now these kids will go to UConn. They'll go to Syracuse. Syracuse does good too. They do Syracuse pretty do, do yeah. pretty good with McDonald Americans. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, schools like Georgetown, you yeah, know? Georgetown's fellow, the Georgetown, Marquette. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, West Virginia. The the uh, Pauls. The Pauls, yeah. Yeah, you know. The Paul. Um, UCLA. Yo, I tried to sit through a DePaul Creighton game the other night. You couldn't. You couldn't. Brutal. There's Tough. no. That's what I'm saying. There's no. All the talent is going to one school. Yeah. And you know, Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina, they always got players. But there was enough players to go around. Now it's like every top flight player. Wants to go to Duke, no matter if they don't fit the system. Do you think, and then we could kind of use the uh, hip-hop analogy with what we're talking about right now. Do you think, like, in the 80s and 90s, and even the early 2000s, like, when we spoke about uh, New York City basketball players and New York City hip-hop, it was something that was, um, that you could market and promote. And people kind of bought into, like, that, that New York mystique and New York swag. And then I think now it's kind of like New York. Um, it's not as marketable anymore. Like, like uh, 
like magazines and, 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 and record labels can't sell an artist or you can't sell magazines just off saying, yeah, that's from New York, buy it. Like that mystique of just like using it as this yeah. marketing machine and, promo- and promotional uh, 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 machine is gone with New York. 100%, 100%, man. I look at just the rap game. It's like I remember guys from New York was – Ice on the mic, you hit him spit, you're like, oh man, this guy's good. Mm-hmm. You know, to get on with him, I gotta be good. Now it's like the guy who is good is going for the guy who's not that good <laughs> and saying, oh, well, you know, he's not that good, but he's got like a name for himself and everybody loves him. So he got a big social media follow. Yeah. So let me jump on a track with him. Yeah. And you know, and, and guys look at it and be like, well, you know what? Now, I'm just throwing this out there. I'm not saying he did this, but you know what? J- Jay's on it. So it's got that guy's got to be dope, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And people eat it. People uh, eat it all up. They're like, oh, well, Jay's on it. Not saying Jay did that, but people be like, well, Jay's on it. Jay the Kiss is on it. Fab's rapping with him, so he's got to be nice, you know? Mm-hmm. So. You know what I think, though? Um, I think there's you know, a couple of different reasons. Um, one reason, I'll give two examples. Um, one example is. Like Dallas, you've traveled extensively. I've traveled college. You've traveled, right? I'm talking about domestically. Um, when you leave New York, <laughs> the rest of the country is country. Straight, it is okay. Even like in big cities like Chicago, they sound country. L.A. When you get deep in L.A., they sound country. So the rest of the country is country. So then, when you first when you start getting a couple of artists that come out that and um, what the rest of the country is seeing, you know, what the standard has been in terms of New York swag, walk, character, stories, uh, you know, the scenery, everything that we've been able to uh, exhibit to the rest of the world, our stories. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, wow, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's another guy out there that's pretty good and he's not from New York. And I got the same type of twang as he guys. You know what I'm saying? Son? Um, I don't know what a God body is. You know what I mean? But I know what blah, 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 blah is or whatever the case may be. So, the rest of the country is country, you know what I mean? Country mm-hmm. five. So, I, and I think over the years, I think just that that them coming up, that like that segment rising, yeah, has caused for some of the uh, deterioration on, on for us. So, so that kind of goes back to what Kyle said about things being watered down, but not just watered down. I think dumbed down, right? Oh, absolutely dumbed down. I think like when you water and you dumb something down, I think you make it um, more digestible for the masses I think with New York I think as far as music goes I think what kind of hurt us I think for four years like New York we're the only people that sound like New York in this world exactly we're the only people in this world that have specific slang and specific mm-hmm. culture that's if you're not from New York you don't know what the hell these guys are talking about like Wu-Tang they got like lingo and stuff that was specific to Wu-Tang mm-hmm whoever like guys from Brooklyn and I think like w- where we are now like I think everything is in the stage of being watered down I, t- technology has watered everything down right and has made everything accessible so New York has kind of been uh, a, like a victim of themselves like where the world is like fuck that New York shit we don't know what the fuck they on and we've kind of alienated by default right Everybody else. So, like like you said, everybody else is country. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, yo, fuck this New York shit. We just going to rock out with yeah, the shit in the somebody South. Else, some more people I can relate to. Stuff that I can people. relate to. Like, the stuff that's kind of dumbed down. Like, the stuff. And and, and, and it's kind of like, it's, it's, I mean, like, New York is in a weird place right now, man. Well, you know what? I actually, have, I don't know what we're talking about sports. We jumped into rap. But I just want to mm-hmm. say this real quick. So, you know, I was having this conversation the other day with this guy at work, and, you know, we were talking about albums so along the lines of what we were talking about in New York and stuff like that. And um, trying to make comparisons between, you know, who's the standard and who's really hot and who's not, who, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, I said, I said, well, I'm going to say something that you probably will disagree with. And I don't mean it literally, but I said, 444, I said, it's a great album, and it's not a great album. So I said, this is a great album because of the content in which it has and everything that you spit in, right? Mm-hmm. But the reason it doesn't make it a, a great album to me, it's a great album. I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, 
taking any credit away from Jay or, or the album that he created. It's got a different sound, it's different, you know, it's, everything's different sonically than anything that we've heard from before, mm-hmm. and it shows growth and maturity. But a lot in a lot of ways, what Jay's, Jay's just come full circle because if you if you remember early Jay, Reasonable Doubt, some of his mixtapes, um, in my lifetime, even what was that volume two, his second album, mm-hmm. he's 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 spitting the same game now as he was then. Before, except yeah. now it's just more evolved. Think about when Jay Z came out; he was wearing top coats and uh, top hats, and you know he was he was a businessman. He was suited out, right? Mm-hmm. That was his whole persona. But when you saw him in interviews, and you know you got to hear his music and everything, when he, he introduced himself to the world, he came across as the same way he is now: as a mature man, I'm making moves. This is how you handle things. Except he was a drug dealer versus being, you know, an icon and you know whatever his uh, mm-hmm. investments are now. But he was talking the same game. Mm-hmm. He dumbed it down when he was just like, "Oh, well, they don't get me." And everybody else is every everybody else wants the Air Force, excuse me, the Uptowns, the Do Rags, and the Yankee Fitted. And that's when he that's when he skyrocketed, right? That was really the launch of his uh, his whole iconic stage. You know, push Jay over the top. Give it to me. Yeah. Give it to me. Yeah, like that was no, and there's nothing wrong with those songs. You know, but I'm just saying, yeah, as, as far as what he was giving giving the world, he wasn't spitting all that business before. You know, at least not with his commercial songs. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm with you. Jay was definitely kicking game from, yo, know, Can I Live? Like, when he's talking. <laughs> Come I don't on, stop man. it. Don't get Can me I started. Live? Come on, man. No, but you're right. But yeah, go ahead. Back you're to right. sports. You're right. You're right. No, 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 no. I think, I think sports and music are intertwined. Like, yeah, they're, they're synonymous. Yeah, you know, definitely. like, they're one and the same. And I think the analogies are definitely, definitely right there on point. So I think, you know, you can't talk sports without talking music. Yeah. Young black men making money, making millions. Yeah. And, I mean, you got a lot of. And like, what's so funny? I think you have a lot of uh, athletes who want to be rappers. It's always the case. And you got a lot of rappers slash entertainers that want to be athletes. athletes you yeah. know what I mean? So, so good. So, who's on your Mount Rushmore, real quick? Uh, right now, only two people: Kareem and Mike. Because you get four. If you get four, uh, Kareem, Mike. You got to put LeBron up there because when it's all said and done, he's gonna have all the stats and he's gonna have the rings. Okay, just give me four. Kyle. Give me four. Right now, I got three. I can't think of a fourth one. You have to get back to me with What's that. What's your three? Give me your three. LeBron, Jordan, and Kareem. Kareem. D, give me your Mount Rushmore. Four. Uh, Mike Kareem. Before I, well, this, here's how I'm answer the question. I'm not going to jump to put LeBron up there. I'll take it that much. Um... Is he tapping on the bumper? Yeah, I think he's definitely nudging his way up there. Uh, but I'm not gonna. I can't anoint him with the with the Mount Rushmore title uh, as yet. Just can't do it. I just have a, again. I have a hard time with somebody with his skill set, with his dominance, um, with who he's supposed to be in the league and everything. You know, er, everything that we're gonna throw in the pot and talk about LeBron. I have a hard time with a guy like that losing. I don't. Don't tell me you went to eight finals and you you won three out of five. Unacceptable. So I can't. For and that, you guys dominated as well. For that, how for how that, much Magic Johnson lost? For that, I can't do it. I think five. I think Magic's been to 10 yeah. and he's lost five. I think he lost to Boston. He lost to Philly. He lost to Chicago yeah. and Detroit. Four times, right? No, he lost to Detroit once, yeah. Chicago. He Philly. lost to Philly. I think he might have lost to Philly twice. Chicago, Chicago, he lost to Mike, he lost to Isaiah, he lost to Doc, he, he lost, lost to Larry, to, he lost to Boston. He lost yeah. Larry twice, right? Am I right? I I'm not too twice. sure. I'm not too sure. I, remember the di- I know Larry beat him once, and he beat Houston, and he beat another team. He beat Houston, like that Ralph Sampson? Yeah, team? Ralph Sampson, Hakeem. Hakeem's rookie year, something like that. Okay. But I know he lost the three that I definitely know. Mike, Zeke, Doc, and Larry. Larry. I don't know the fifth one. But I, but I know he lost five. Okay. So Could have lost to Boston twice, I think. So or Philly would, twice. Would you would you put Magic Johnson on your mouth, Rushmore? Uh, I have to consider it, son. So who mean, you well, got, well, well, how many you got right now, D? Your, your, your mouth, Rushmore? Rushmore? All right. Uh, who did I say? I said Mike. Uh, I got Kareem. Mike Kareem, that's two. Give me two more. It's not, tough. It's tough. Not one of my personal favorite players, but I'm thinking Tim Duncan. Oh, okay. That's another guy. Uh, got to put him up there. The fourth, who would be number four? I got to think about that. But those probably might be my top three. 
I don't know anybody obviously prior from you know before the eighties, um, before let's say like eighty five or whatever. I really don't have anybody okay. in that regard. But yeah, I gotta give you those three right now: Mike, Kareem, okay. and Duncan. I don't think the fourth is hard. I th- I think that would be my four: Mike, but with LeBron, Mike, Kareem, LeBron, and Duncan. Okay, I'm gonna give you some guys that you could put. LeBron is not Mount Rushmore right now, but okay. I'm gonna tell you guys that you could put ahead of LeBron. You definitely gotta go, Mike. Okay. You go magic. No magic? Uh, you know what? And I always, me and Dara always talk about this. Been to 10. He's been to 10. He's been to 10. Magic Johnson, what, you know what? I, I would have no problem with somebody putting magic because he did come in his rookie year and win championships. Mm-hmm. But playing out of position, played center. Kareem. Okay, but let me, let me give you my okay. four. I'm going, I'm going Mike. I'm going magic. Gotta go Kareem. And then we're forgetting Bill Russell. And we're also forgetting Wilt. Well, you know, Bill Russell was before my time. And Wilt, as great as as they always say as dominant as he was, he just won two championships and he lost a bunch of championships too. Yeah, but we're talking about a guy who revolutionized the game. We're talking about a guy who the three second rule was created. Yeah, you're right. We're but- talking about a guy who 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 influenced the three point line. But they just had how much teams back then? And the tallest player, I believe, was like 6'3", 6'4". Yeah, I mean, but, I, mean, but, I mean, but this is a guy who revolutionized the game. We're also talking about who, a guy who averaged, I want to say, 50 and 20? But if you're going to... Uh, okay. I'll take out Will. I'm going to go Mike. I'll go Kareem, Magic, Kobe. Now... Well, you know, this Kobe, is Kobe this, my this is when it gets interesting now because right? you know no, what? I'll take out Will. I'll go. I'll go. Mike, Magic, Kareem, and Bill Russell. This is when it gets crazy now because mm-hmm. me and Dad always have this conversation. Okay, Kobe, LeBron. I don't like talking about that because I think they're different positions. Yeah. So I never really like doing this. But what I would always tell guys, and you got to think. Not even think out the box. It's just what it is. Mm-hmm. When Kobe came in the league, he wasn't ready for the league. Wasn't. Out of high school, wasn't. Mm-hmm. And when he came to the league, it took him three years, four years, to really get going. You know? Mm-hmm. LeBron James stepped into the league ready to rock and roll already. Without having the cast of characters that Kobe had. Kobe, when he came to L.A., everything was prepared for him. Everything was set on a platter. He got to play with the most dominant big man. Mm-hmm. Got to play with, the, with, with, with great coaches. When Kobe got there, Shaq wasn't there. Yes, he was. He was? 96. He was there. You sure it was an Eldon Campbell? No, it was, it was Shaq. Eldon Campbell was on the team, but Shaq was on the team. Shaq, Eddie Jones, Nick Van Exel. And it took time. Glenn Rice was on that crew, too? No, he came, came later came on. Later. Okay. It took time for uh, Kobe Bryant to become Kobe Bryant. And when you think of it, for three the— Three to four years, right? Three to four years. Mm-hmm. By the time fourth year, LeBron already was in the finals playing with yeah. Eric Snow, you know? <laughs> now you look at Kobe Bryant's career. <clears throat> for the most part, Kobe Bryant, one of the best one-on-one players to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. For the majority of LeBron, uh, of Kobe Bryant's career, he never saw a double team. Who? Cool. Kobe Bryant. He because he got Shaq in his prime. So you're talking about the best one on one player never having to see a double team. So everything was really put in place for Kobe. While LeBron James saw double teams straight out the gate. Not straight out the gate. <laughs> well, in his second year. In his second year, in his second year, LeBron James was seeing double teams. Kobe never really spent majority of his career not having to deal with double teams. And if you was to look at Kobe Bryant's field goal percentage, it it's was horrible. it was it was never high. Even with Shaq playing with the most dominant player in the game, his field goal percentage was never over forty five percent. While Mike's was, LeBron's was, some other players were. And you would think a guy who's seen one-on-one, who's the best one-on-one player, 
with just eat. You know what I'm saying? Shoot a high percentage, still get busy, you know? But that wasn't the case. Like, everything was prepared for Kobe Bryant. Not taking away nothing from his greatness, but a guy like LeBron James, it was like, yo, you got to He came in, won a championship for his city. So you know what that sounds like, Collins? What? What's the criteria for Mount Rushmore then? Well, the criteria. What's the criteria? You got, I, I believe, like, you got to have the rings. Got to have the you rings. You got to revolutionize the game. And you got to have st- stats. Okay. And I think all the guys that we named has done that. But you know why Kobe can't be on the Mount Rushmore? Because he's not even the best at his position. So you could never put him up there. LeBron mm. James is the best. You can't argue with Tim Duncan. He's the best at his position. He's got five rings. And if you and then you got to look at who he beat in the finals. Just the rings. If Carl Malone had just one ring, because he's what, third all-time? Yeah. Fourth all-time? What? No, he's second all-time in scoring, yes. right? Because it's Kareem, Carl Malone, Kobe, Mike. I want to say Shaq at five? I, I can't really remember that list. But but I know Kareem is one, and I want to say Carmelo might be two, right? He's up there. I don't. Know He's up there. Are. I'm not Carmelo sure. Carmelo might be two, and I want to say Kobe at three. But you yeah. know what? Let's um. Let's finish out with the a criteria for Mount Rushmore. I want to take a break, and then I want to come into our next segment. Okay. Well, I think, like I said, you got to have rings. Three are better. Got to have stats. You got to revolutionize the game. Okay. You know, you've got to be the best player on your team when your team is winning. And the best player at your position. And the best player at your position. And you got to be the best player in the NBA, I think, to be a Mount Rushmore guy. Got it. And on that note, guys, we're going to take a break and we'll be back with From the OG's Perspective. Thank you for tuning in. And we're back from break. What up? Welcome to our next segment from the OG's perspective. This particular uh, segment, pretty interesting. Um, we're talking about um, what uh, what uh, consummates you as a as a legend, a Hall of Famer in sports. Is it is it the, the the stats? Is it the accolades? Is it the championships? Or is it being able to come out, being drafted? You made a significant amount of money. Uh, you contributed somewhat, and then you, uh, and then you ride off into the sunset. You know what I mean? So uh, a lot of young guys, I hear a lot of young guys say, "Yo, it's about getting the bag. I got a bag. Um, I made it to the league. I worked my ass off, made it to the league, got a bag, whatever's whatever." But you might have some of the OGs that say, "Nah, be like you still considered a loser. You didn't win any championships." You didn't, um, I mean, like your stats weren't uh, anything uh, anything for someone to talk about, you know, and you don't really have any real accolades. Uh, so I kind of want to start off with, uh, Kyle, what do you say about that, man? As our resident OG, what do you say about that, man? Well, I look at it like this, you know. It depends, it depends on what the kid's about. Like if the kid comes into the league and he feels he just wants to get the bag and he feels it's successful, yeah, you're successful in life, but from an NBA point of view, you're considered a loser. Okay. You got no chips, you know. You really didn't. You weren't the top flight guy, and you never. Con- you were never. You never made it deep in the playoffs. Okay. So I look at it from this standpoint: if you want to be considered great, you gotta have the chips. Definitely got to have the stats, and you got to be the guy on the team, you know, in order for you to be considered great or having a successful career because okay. they had guys in the league that, like Patrick Ewing, mm-hmm. had a great career, you mm-hmm. know, but didn't win the ring, mm-hmm. you know. Some guys might look at him as a loser. Mm-hmm. You know, some guys look at Charles Barkley as a loser. They're not losers in life, but in the NBA world, they're losers because – that was the rule. You had to win that championship in order to be considered a winner. Gotcha. And I think if you change the rules, 
Now, what are we playing for then? Okay. Let's Those, not even have a championship. Now, is it safe to say, like, rules like that would be uh, more like, like an OG rule, right? Like, for, what about the person that would say, look, there's a lot of guys that don't make it to the league. There's a guy that might have a cup of coffee in the league. They might come in. They're in and out the G League. There are guys that come into training camp, might not make a, uh, a team. They might uh, maybe get a 10-day contract. They might be practice squad. These guys, like, these guys would wish or, like, these guys would sacrifice a finger to make a roster and maybe play for a year, maybe make uh, a significant amount of money, maybe get one big contract. Somebody might say those guys might look at somebody that might not even have a ring but might have played for 10 years and say, nah, that guy is successful. Even though they didn't have a championship, but that guy was able to play for 10 years. The guy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What do you say about that? Well, I look at it like this. If a guy came into the league and he had a 10-day contract and he's looking at another guy who had a 10-year contract as a winner – of course, because he's looking at, well, I just played 10 days. This guy played 10 years. He was able to be successful. I think anybody who made it to the league, whether 10 days, 10 years, is successful at life. Gotcha. But from a basketball point of view, you have no chips, and you're saying that you made it mm-hmm. to like other guys who got chips, it doesn't add up. Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. So it's almost like a perspective. It's... it's, it's pretty much how you look at it right so it's safe to say like a lot of young dudes it's all about getting the bag right it's about getting the bag getting look good getting the crib crib for your mother crib for yourself yeah. you know what i mean having my crew look good yeah you know what i mean getting a uh you know the bugatti popping yeah. you know i'm mean? getting a couple of maseratis for my team we in the club we popping bottles we stunting they've made it is it because the league is watered down because you spoke about how uh i don't think the nfl is watered down as much as the N- nba Right. Is it safe to say that? Yes. It's yeah. Safe. Okay. So because the NBA has been so watered down, so like you might have guys that say, "Yo, it's not even, it's not even the same league. It doesn't even matter anymore." I'm just trying to get this back. Like guys don't care if we win or not, man. It's just whatever. I mean, the league is not what it is anymore. So, I mean, like a championship don't even mean nothing like that anymore. Because I still get the same props, the same accolades. If I, you know, I mean, like you got a guy like Joe Johnson, right? Joe Johnson signed. <laughs> couple of big contracts right yeah he did joe johnson might walk into a room and probably get the same love and the same uh uh accolades as a uh maybe not as a lebron james but like jr smith might not get as as much love as much props as a joe johnson in this in the same room yeah nay i mean what y'all think about that well i think joe johnson like he really made a lot of money and god bless him (laughs) god bless him you know But I don't think Joe Johnson would ever put himself out there and mention himself in the same breath as guys who's won championships. You know, I don't think Joe Johnson was that type of player anyway. I think he was a good player, mm-hmm. real good player, mm-hmm. but I don't think he was ever trying to be Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Not at all. You know, I think he was just, okay, I'm going to play ball. I'm going to play hard, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm not that guy, you know? Gotcha. And God bless him. He made a lot of money doing that. And you know what? He's had a decent, successful career. You know what I think? I think, I think when it comes to uh, sports, right? I think, um, I think 80% of most leagues are made up of role players, right? And the other 20 are made up of, like, those guys. Hall of Fame guys, superstars, megastars, right? And I think a lot of players come into the league knowing, like, Yo, I'm just coming in here to make a living. Might not play for that long, might not be the guy, might not ever make an all-star team, but I'm going to come in here, I'm going to try to hopefully play for five years, get my pension, make, hopefully make one big contract, and then ride out into the sunset. I think a lot of guys come into the league with that kind of mindset, and I think you have a small percentage of guys that come in with like, yeah, I'm going to be a beast, I'm going to be a player that guys are going to remember, like I'm going to be that guy. You don't have a lot of those guys in, 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 in professional sports. I think that those percentage of guys are very small. I think everybody else, they're coming in, you know, just coming in there to make a living. Yeah. Which isn't wrong. And I don't think, like, a lot of those guys, I think they want to consider themselves losers. I don't think their families will consider them losers. But if you want to talk about true blue sports aficionados like yourself, Carlos, 
Yes. Those guys are considered losers. <laughs> yeah, in the sports world. But like <laughs> I said before, world. like I said before, <laughs> trust me, they don't got to get up in the morning. They don't got to jump on a stinking train in the morning mm-hmm. to go to work. They're actually doing what they love to do. Yeah. And they're making a lot of money because in a perfect world, they're actually playing basketball. They're not saving lives. A kid sport, right? Like a, sport a kid that, sport. Yeah, a sport. It's a sport. Like. That's exactly what it is. Absolutely. You know, and they're getting a chance to play that. I think anybody, if you ask them, hey, would you rather do wake up six o'clock in the morning, go make somebody else rich or go and you'll still make somebody else rich, but you live real, real, real good. Really, really good. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you get the off seasons to yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So those guys aren't losers. Anybody who plays any professional sport yeah. that's making the bag, definitely not a loser. Okay. You know who's the loser? The guy who's <laughs> got to get up in the morning. <laughs> and come home and watch and them. And come home and watch them play. <laughs> and their week and days are ruined because that person lost the game. That said player lost yeah. the game. Or that same guy that has to purchase a ticket to go sit in the stands and watch that guy play 100 percent. yeah but it's all good like i just want to kind of piggyback what you said those guys i don't knock those guys at all man i mean those guys are definitely winners at life but like when you start to get into like real true blue sports like the whole essence of the game that could definitely get uh, a questionable and like those guys could be considered losers yeah like when when whenever the topics brought up amongst their peers and exactly basketball fans, basketball enthusiasts or whatever. That's when that conversation come up like, whoa, he didn't win. He's a loser. But in reality, you know, I don't even think it bugs Carmelo Anthony being a loser. I really don't. I don't think Melo considered himself a loser. He's living in a fantasy world. You know that. But (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it bugs him. He's like, you know what? Have you seen Baltimore where he's from? He's Mm -hmm. like, wow, I made it out of there. Made it out of Red Hook first. I made it out of Red Hook and I made it out of there. Yeah. You know who's considered a loser? Sad to say, Lenny Cook. Now you're talking. (laughs) He's a loser. Now you're talking. You know, Carmelo Anthony is a winner in comparison to Lenny Cook. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, but so considered like I mean, like I mean, if you're trying to compare uh, like Carmelo to like Mike or like Magic or LeBron, it's a totally different. Well, LeBron is his boy, so it's not fair to compare. You know what I'm saying? But like, it's a totally different thing. Yeah, and I think Carmelo's accepted that. He's like, you know what? He's got in his mind. You know what? I could be waking up every day actually going to work for UPS. And there's nothing wrong with working with UPS. Mm-hmm. But just knowing you have to get up every day and you're not going to be compensated for what you're doing. You got to think about you know? this, too. Think about all the 6'8", six, 6'9", six, dudes that are like 240, 250. Not in the league, right? That are not in the league. <laughs> yeah. That's how those guys feel. Oh. Like, those guys are looked upon. Like, when you see a dude just out in public and the dude is like taller than 6'5", you're like... Fam, like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Right? Definitely. Now, Definitely. those guys. And then, Mello, you'd have to put Mello in the topic. Not in the topic, but in the category with Barkley, Pat, Allen Iverson, Malone, Stockton. Got to put him in that same category if you wanted to. See? I don't, I don't like how your face look. Cause well, I, you know <laughs> what? Like I said, if you're going to put him in that category, uh, in the NBA world... Those guys are losers. Yeah. You know? Very successful in life, but losers when it comes to basketball. When it comes down to the nitty-gritty of winning those chips. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? That's fair. That's fair. I know Patrick Ewan still feels the pain of not winning a championship. I know Carl Malone, John Stockton feels the pain. I don't know what Carmelo Anthony feels, but that's neither here or there. But when you mention those guys in the same category – Gotcha. They're all losers. Gotcha. Young OG, B. <clears throat> yes, sir. Yes. What you got to say about a, a young dude young dude going one and done, young dude coming out, getting that getting that bag, getting that four-year deal, 12 million, is, 32 uh, million. Uh, wait, so you mean um, only going to college for like one year or like? Or like going to college for one year, doing one year, coming out. Coming to get the bag, even though he knows he's not ready for the league. Yeah, I, yeah, I never really liked that. That's why I 
always um like the NFL more because like you have to stay for at least two years. So like so so like you got to learn something. Gotcha. You know, because education that is like the most important thing. Like you need to know something. Gotcha. So I was never really a fan of that. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, you know, like just like the conversation that that um we was having off mic, like you know, more people should go to college. You know, like more well, 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 more people who play ball, like they should stay in school and then eventually like move on to like you know like the front desk jobs and be gotcha. like an agent or something like that. Because mm-hmm. like there's a lot of people who are in those positions mm-hmm. who haven't ever really played ball on any level outside of like maybe like eighth grade ball and and i and, and i've always felt like that's the reason why like a lot of the dumb shit happens because you're having people who really run basketball because the players don't really run basketball it's all the front that's people so you have all so you have all these people that run basketball that don't even know the game gotcha so that's really like how i feel about that gotcha. i'm gonna tell you this i think and just to piggyback what you said, I think um, we got to change the game up, right? And I think, you know, we're about to wrap this segment up. We should change the game up like this. We already know that we're going to have a certain amount of uh, players in the league. Like, we know we're going to forever funnel players into the league. Players. But what we need to start to focus on, what we need to start to change the game with is we need to start to get into – front office management, ownership. So we got, so like a lot of kids that are good enough to go play college basketball, good enough to get a scholarship, but not, but might not be good enough to maybe get into the league. Those guys might start to think about, yo, I need to look at maybe becoming a scout, becoming a, maybe a, 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 a physician, sports physician, trainer, or management. Because everybody can't, can't break through as a, as a player. Well even, well, even if you break through as a player for one or two years. I played for four years. I got my degree. At some point, I could flip this into becoming a scout, becoming a coach. That's how we change the game and flip the game. Because the thing is, as a player, you might have, what, three to five years? But, as, but being a coach... Or being in front front office, you might be in the front office for twenty years. You might wind up making more money as a as for, management mm-hmm. or, yeah. or, or somewhere in the front office than a than a player, right? Indeed, I mean, yeah. I mean, like guys like Danny Ferry, Rob yeah. Palenka, Rob Danny Pal- Ainge, Rob Palenka, Danny Ainge, Rob Palenka killed it. Part of that part of that Fab Five crew. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he wasn't part of Fab Five, but he was he part was of that Michigan, team. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was on that team. Uh, played for four years. Came out. He was an agent for years. Mm-hmm. Now he's a um, GM, right? Yeah. He's probably made more money than Jimmy King, Ray Jackson, whatever bake, right? Absolutely, he did. Same thing with Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge out, outlived and not played and probably made more money than Robert Parrish. Uh, R.I.P. Dennis Johnson. Who else? Thunder Dan Majorly. <laughs> Majorly. Thunder Dan Marley, who, uh, uh, Richard Dumas. Yep. So we got to start to think of that type of aspect too, like front office ownership, being a scout, because that's where the money is long term. It may seem like it's being a player, right? Which it is. I mean, you make boatloads. I mean, but how many guys really make money as a basketball player? Half, handful of guys, right? Handful. And then everybody else, like, they're just role players that kind of rotate in and out the league. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you got 20% of guys who play 5 to 10 years. The superstars play 15, maybe 20 if you're lucky, like a Vince Carter. And then the other 80%, they're just role players that kind of rotate in and out the game. But then management stays the same. Danny Ainge has been the GM in Boston for, like, 15-plus, almost 20 years, right? Yep. Danny Ferry been rocking and rolling the Spurs, Atlanta, moving around. Cleveland. Talking reckless oh. Cleveland. Yeah. Right, for years, talking, you know what I'm saying? But, hey, I want to wrap up. Yo, Collis, I want to say thank you. Cl- clap it up for Collis, man. Clap it up for Collis. Oh, boy. 
Far too kind. Himself. Far too kind. Man, yo, I just want to thank you. One of my uh, uh, favorite shows, man, so far this season, man. Thank you for, um, thank you for coming through, man. I appreciate it. Um, well, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. And we got to do this again. Oh, absolutely. Tell, tell everyone where they could uh, reach you at. Tell everyone like what you got going on. Like, well, right now, I got a lot of things moving. You know, I'm getting the t-shirts popping off. You know, I'm starting starting up this new website, you know, sports website, of course. You know. So I'll let you guys know on all the information as soon as it drops. As soon as I know, I'll let you know. <laughs> Tell them about your uh, boxing training. Oh, yeah. You know, I am training. So all you fat asses come out and get some training, you know, because we all want to look good for the summer. Now, ain't that right, D? Yeah, where can they reach so. you at? I mean, like, where can they reach you at? Oh, well, my number is 646-761-1050. Feel free to give me a call, only if you're serious. Don't want to be wasting my time. Please don't waste my time. Gotcha. On that note, man, we're going to wrap up Intellectual Property Podcast. I am your host, Dallas Alexis. Remember, envision it, create it, share it, and most important, make sure you get paid for it. And we out. <laughs>